Welcome to the Well Workplaces podcast, where we have authentic conversations with health and wellbeing leaders that are on a mission to inspire healthy change in the workplace. I'm your host, Tom Bosner, and today's episode is proudly brought to you by Pinnacle Health Group, Australia's leading corporate wellbeing provider, who are on a mission to deliver 5 million health experiences globally. I'm joined today by special guest, Hussein Humka. Hussein is a health and performance certified coach. He's a keynote speaker, corporate facilitator, health consultant, and a two times national physique competitor who has spent over 10 years applying the latest science and sharing practical tools to develop a boundless routine for optimal energy and well-being. He's an author of the book, Plan to Pick Perform, an amazing handbook that unpacks the 18 proven habits to help you reach your full potential. Welcome to the Well Workplaces podcast. How are you going, mate? Good, yourself? Really good, mate. Really, really nice. It's uh, a lovely Friday here, so, you know, can't complain, end of the week, and, and you sounds like you had a busy uh, or a nice week yourself. Tell us about that. Yeah, absolutely. I had a bit of a staycation, so a shorter week, so it's funny about Friday, Tom, and definitely feels like a happy <laughs> Short week tends to be the busy one, but yeah, not, nice to make some time with the, the family for sure. Absolutely. Oh, cool. Well, it's great to be uh, back chatting with you and to be talking and continuing our conversation about how to create your own peak performance. So in the part A or part one of the mini series, if you're, if you're starting with us now, I highly advise you to go back to, uh, to part one, because what we talked about there was actually finding you. And that's really, before you get into any uh, creating a perfect plan, as as Huss has put it through in his book, the next step really is is in creating and ritualizing uh, action. But before you do that, we certainly want to go back to uh, finding you, I guess, as, as just your step one, Huss. Do you want to tell us a little bit about, just to recap on the last discussion, is there any one-liners or any, I guess, gold nuggets from our last chat that you, you can share? Yeah, for sure. Ah, uh, yeah, great, great point. Very sequential in the way it's ordered, right? So, yeah, we spoke about some great topics there. I guess the key element of finding you, which is part one, is before we actualize our potential and performance, we must understand, if you like, which building we want to put our ladder up against, right? We don't want to climb. A, we don't want to climb a ladder up a building and realize that we've actually been going for the wrong thing all along. So, part one's all about finding you in the sense of self-awareness. We break that down into understanding your values, bit of personality testing, understanding your strengths and weaknesses. What is it that you want? What's your purpose? And once we collaborate that, really align with that, we can be congruent in our feelings, emotions, into action, which is what we're talking about today. Yeah, well said. And, and I think as well, just to add in, if in the absence of a understanding of who you are, and I feel like I've been there before, where you're just doing things sometimes for achievement's sake, um, it, it ends up being uh, there's that that idea of, uh, and a lot of us, you know, that that idea of being an individual high performer. It can be this thing where you're chasing uh, shiny objects, or you're, you're chasing the gold medal, or that chasing that promotion, or chasing that individual accolade. Perhaps continue that throughout your life without a, that real thought behind it, or that understanding of who you are. You then end up running into trouble, and I think a lot of people find that in their early stage of their career where they've gone for promotion, promotion, and then into, oh, I don't know if I really want to do this anymore. So it's quite an interesting thing because I've seen it in our business happen over and over again with, with people that where it's chasing 
chasing achievement for achievement's sake. So this is really nice to uh, everyone that's listening. If you just go back to part one, don't start here. Go back to that first part, part A of this mini series to really get into the insights that pastors brought to that conversation. But beyond finding you, I guess the next step in the process to create peak performance is is really what we're going to be talking about today and creating action or ritualizing action, which I think is the the real important word there is ritualize. So, so Huss, tell us about the next step in this process of creating that uh, plan to peak perform. Yeah, love it. And great, great point there. I, I could definitely relate to, to, the, to the element of trying to just achieve for the sake of achieving rather than looking internally, right? So always the thought comes before action. If we think, if we really align, then we can act with more intent. The idea of ritualizing action, I think I use the word ritualize there because I think Aristotle's most famous quote is really around excellence is not an act, but a habit, right? And so we can only ever actualize or bring things to life through intention and conscious action. So the opportunity, once we're really aligned with who we are, what we want to do, and we can translate that into our role, into our day, into our health goals. We think, okay, great. We know what's important to us. We know our value system. We know what doesn't matter. How are we going to ritualize action to actualize our potential? And that's what we're talking about. Peak performance is sustaining and reaching our um, potential, which is always changing, which is always growing as well. So that's that next part. And it really breaks down into the foundations of a human being to optimize. So what we do know is that we've got different energy systems or different health elements, and that's into physical, mental, spiritual, and emotional health, right? And so that's where the, that's where the guide, the, the handbook, if you like, really breaks down the, the 18 key habits that we go over. But they're the four elements, if you like, the holistic health pillars that help combine and you know that to help us as individuals best, best operate. Yeah, perfect. And I, I think, yeah, understanding those, those four components that you've, you've drawn on there, it's obviously a very holistic approach to thinking of, you know, a human and, and all the elements that create, create them. I guess without that nice balance between those four elements, what, what can happen is that, you know, some parts are, are often missing. And I think most of us, when we talk about ritualizing action, for high performance or, or what have you, we, we probably always start maybe on bias, maybe on my own bias here, but I always start with physical and I'm always thinking, all right, I'm going to get fit. That's always my, my sort of go-to. Those other elements you mentioned are, are really important, obviously, because again, in the absence of thinking of those four things in great detail, you're just sort of, uh, you're just sort of implementing action and not ritualizing it. So, so Huff, tell us a little bit about those four components a little bit further, if you can. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, great point. I mean, physical health naturally is the foundation. Right? That's the performance pillar, that's our energy. That's about optimizing our sleep, our nutrition, our movement, and our breathing, which has become an important part in recent research around how we can optimize our energy best, express our energy cells. So there's no doubt that that's really important if you want to optimize our capacity and really sustain that high performance. The, the, the second element there is mental energy, right? Ability to focus attention in this, especially in the world we currently live in. How can we task manage effectively, really be focused on what we do? And so it's really about being connected from a mental perspective. There's emotional health. The correlation there of emotional health is a sense of happiness and joy and flow in what we do, right? So how do we be grateful? How do we visualize to actualize? How do we make time to connect with people and, and things that matter? They're the habits we cross over there. Then you've got the spiritual health, which is really that sense of purpose. It's where the intangible, if you like, meets the tangible. And so really, 
we kind of reverse engineer that. That's essentially part one. That's defining your element, that spiritual element. That's the element that's, that you really connect internally to then best express yourself. If we're not really looking inside, it's going to be hard to be authentic when it comes to ritualizing action. Because we've got to love and really connect with what we do every day and see how what we do every day contributes to the ultimate goal. Uh, when we have a better relationship uh, between our daily actions and our end goal, we look more likely to bring our best selves to, to each day. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And and out of those four components, like if someone's doing a bit of a maybe a bit of a stop take there, just as they're as they're listening and going, oh yeah, I'm good. I'm kind of good in these that area, but maybe missing that area. What out of the four components, what areas? Do you think need the most attention in today's world and, and whether that be in careers or, or just personal lives or, or both? What, what do you think, you know, that if we could, if you could kind of say, where, where is everyone missing? <laughs> Where's the missing piece for a lot of people, do you think? Yeah, it's an interesting question. I think it's really important to highlight that everyone's different. Um, mm. Every individual is different. The opportunity for all of us is to really apply different methods. I mean, we run the physical health workshops, what we do find within physical health, for example is that movement, nutrition, sleeping well, and breathing is optimal, right? But typically what we find is that people are giving up on their sleep, really going light in their sleep. And when, when life gets busy, they decide that sleep's the one that can compromise. But what we, what we know now, sleep is so essential for restoration and performance of energy. So to answer your question, I think it is different for everyone. As a health and performance coach, I do find again and again it is. But the opportunity, what I encourage is, Let's create measurements, understand our state of play across each, and then measure efforts and see where the incremental changes are. So rather than going by feelings, we can go by that. We can start tracking things that matter, things like HRV, things like our sleep, things like anything else that, might, that we can measure and we're trying to perform towards. But to answer your question, I think the first part's really important, that spiritual health, really connect with our why and actualize that. We don't want to live a life that's expected of us by others. We don't want to live a life that we thought was with all that success and chasing shiny objects when we, and then we look deep and we realize that the most important thing to us is happiness and happiness has only got a little amount that really correlates to material existence. A lot of it's got to do with fulfillment. A lot of it's got to do with the people we spend time with, the experiences we have. And so I'm crossing a few different areas here, but I'm trying to show depth in regards to your question because it's unique for each individual. But the one I will say right now, it's got to be mental focus, mental health and energy, right? We know all that we're all suffering in different ways when it comes to our capacity, the stress, expectations of how we actually compartmentalize. Uh, but I think that when I say mental fitness or mental energy, the other side I see is the opportunity to develop focus, right? The mm -hmm. opportunity to eliminate what's not necessary in life. The biggest companies in the world right now we're the product. Our attention is the product, right? And so if we think about that, where we apply our attention is actually our superpower. And so I think that's the biggest opportunity for a lot of us to be focused on what we do, why we do it. And when we do that, we can eliminate all the distractions. You don't need to you know, stay on top of the news every day. You don't need to stay on top of a whole bunch of things that we just, I think, reactively think we do. And then you realize that 24 hours is a lot of time in the day to really actualize what's important. And I think that's the key, right? How can we eliminate what doesn't matter? and focus on what does. Yeah, that's, that's amazing. That's really good. And, and a nice reminder as well in this, in this modern day that we, that we live in yet, yeah, the, it's sort of the attention economy, isn't it? In terms of the amount of, uh, it's kind of not like, what do you, uh, what to consume or, you know, the, the consumption parties where we're constantly consuming tons of information, but there's a point there 
as well, where you could just actually kill a day quite easily consuming uh, information or being pulled in different directions with your attention. And, there, and therefore you end up feeling a bit confused at the end because you're like, if you're on social media, you're getting notifications or pop-ups of, you know, the, the clothes that, you wear, that, you, that you've once looked at. And then before you know it, you're like, you've bought the thing and you're like, oh yeah, how did that happen? <laughs> and so, yeah, the technology part is super important there. And I guess in the, if, if that is the case where you, you down those rabbit holes of, of, uh, you know, getting pulled digitally into things, uh, you, you then end up forgetting about your, your why, or, you know, your, your purpose part as well. It certainly links in with that other point that you mentioned passes around sleep and that sometimes being the one that, uh, people will compromise on the most and, and that could be secondary to those uh to those sort of digital things that are then are dragging us uh dragging us in the weeds sometimes as well absolutely and i think it's important to note that it's not absolute right and so some elements of health interconnect with others health is interconnected in that way but absolutely if you think about the attention economy if you think about being reactive and having no singular focus we can be very reactive into these creative apps these very creative engineers that create these wonderfully attention grabbing reels and so on that might um, be there. And they're great. They're, they keep us entertained. It's a two you say we are, we have all, we're all out of dopamine and we've just realized mm-hmm. we spent a whole bunch of time doing a whole bunch of things that don't really lead to things that matter to us. Right. And so we're being unconscious. It's about turning on, I guess, that conscious element for sure. Yeah. I think as well, that other point of knowing or eliminating things. It's kind of that idea of, you know, some people start their day with a to-do list, but what about a to-not-do list? So basically I'm not going to do the, you know, I'm looking at a bunch of things that you're not going to do for the day that you maybe sometimes get pulled into. I'm interested, Huss, with your, you know, to, to bring this to life in, in your world, in your individual world, or perhaps with your clients. You mentioned measurement as well, which I think is really important so that you're objectively understanding where you're sitting in some of those elements. Mm-hmm. Can you tell us a little bit about measurement of some of those parts and, and what you think are important sort of baseline measurements that you might take into these four pillars or some of them? Yeah, great question. I mean, to try and make a measurement across all of them and all the things that matter. Before we pop into actually the chapter before we pop into the key ritualizing action, it's actually a chapter of minimalism, right? Eliminating before we add, right? The, the, the proven most productive kind of trick for productivity is actually to eliminate, not to add more. Mm. Right. And I think if we dive into that, we realize that the list to eliminate will provide more time to go in depth for the things that matter. Right. The productivity hackers are something that really changed my effectiveness. Definitely. And high performers seem to do it again and again, really only spend time on what matters. And then we've eliminated what doesn't matter based on our values and what we're trying to achieve. And then we've got a whole day ahead of things that do and trying to adapt those habits. So physical health for me, the things that stand out is trying to get more than seven hours of sleep, about an hour or two of deep sleep every night. So for me, it's about eating clearly, giving my fuel, if you like my body, just like a car, a race car, you got to give it the best fuel you can to operate most effectively, have high quality fuel. And, and so therefore I'm measuring the food I'm eating and not just from a calorie perspective, but the quality of food, sleep perspective, I'm measuring on my smartwatch, the quality of sleep I'm having. For example, and then in regards to breathing effectively, I do things like actually take my mouth in the evening and, and nasal breathe and things like that. So I'm measuring that based on how much I'm doing that. From an emotional health perspective, the thing that pop out for me is 
This is all about having a sense of happiness and fulfillment. And so for me, the two key things I do every day would be gratefulness journaling. What am I grateful for? Cup half full versus cup half empty. And so giving gratefulness as well has been interestingly more fulfilling than just receiving it to it. So give it out to others, share with others why you're grateful for them. That's the tip. I do three things of that in the morning. So I start my day doing that. The other element is connecting with others, which is one of the habits in the books. I'm a big extrovert naturally, and it really works for me to connect with others, have a sense of community. And so that's another measurement. You know, outside my work today, I call that kind of my love cup, right? I've got energy in my health and my being. Work is the impact I have. This conversation, who can we inspire? How can we help people be the best? Then in the love cup, in regards to relationship, which is so important in life, who have I connected with today and been really present, right? I think upon reflecting my day today, this conversation, connecting with yourself, Tom, would be a great example of that, right? Giving ourselves this time, this presence to not only inspire thought in this way, but help others as well create potentially their own, their own days. So yeah, I have to keep some examples around that. I think being mindful is a huge other one around mental health. So for me, 12 to 10 minutes, literally, I'm very regimented back to back in my day, but making time to be mindful, which is in fact being present, ironically, right? Mm -hmm. They're the ones. So what I encourage is think about what you're trying to achieve. What are the, what's the behavior there and how can we measure it to sequentially grow? Because adaptation is how we reach our potential, right? So how can we continually adapt, not get stuck in the rut? Sometimes we feel like the same thing every day. How we adapt, you know, how, how are we adapting in different areas? Yeah, I love it. I love the gratitude one. It's obviously been mentioned or has gotten more press, I think, in the last couple of years, especially from a mental health perspective. Everyone's sort of uh, consuming what are, the, what are some tools that I can use, but at a really practical level, that real, you know, couple of questions that you can kind of ask yourself each day. And also that connection piece, I think, is a really interesting one from a workplace perspective. If you're thinking now, everyone's working remotely. How do you stay connected? And and maybe that's also a good one for uh, perspective from, from you, Huss, here is like from a, you know, obviously with your clients that you're working with and coaching, some of those individuals will be executives or managers themselves. What sort of areas can they sort of uh, take from from the four elements here and help facilitate in a team environment? Do you think there's a really... There's a real opportunity here for, for managers or, or leaders to adopt some of these to obviously be example, be an example for others, but obviously instill it in a, in a team environment that might be working in a hybrid or remote setting. Absolutely. I, th- I think, I think from a wellbeing perspective, management perspective, organizational perspective, with the goal to meet the organizational purpose, we must fuel individual purpose and capability, right? And so with my health consulting as well with the digital wellbeing platform background, as well as my health coaching, you recognize that there are different forums to do that. I think as managers, leaders, your real goal is to keep the organizational mission in mind while actualizing the potential of individuals and that across all four. To me, you will support each individual based on where they're at, understand them. That's what a manager does in essentially another form of coaching and helping understand how can we provide the pathway to help this individual based on their personality and I mean, that system I've created there to be their best. So I'd say, yes, absolutely. How would that, I mean, let's, let's, let's choose gratefulness, right? We can, we can do everything from exploring the, the values of the company and sharing peer to peer recognition through that as well. I mean, a lot, every, most companies have that value driven. How do we illuminate that? How do we leverage that? And how do we actually share that between individuals, people, 
feel a sense of purpose and well-being through being validated, right? And so if we're sharing that, and this is where we kind of encompass this, this dream world, if you like, where the organizational values and everything are illuminated and the individuals need to kind of meet that as well. And so you're, you're pushing all that, right? And so yeah, from a sense of gratefulness, it's a, we done the team environment, can be shared together. And I, and I think it, it does have a place because it, essentially an organization broken down is a whole bunch of individuals, right? And so I think that's the way we have to, to look at it. Yeah, that's a really good, really, really good point. I think as well in a remote setting or a hybrid environment, the challenge of course, I think the biggest challenge is connection as in like, you know, obviously you're online, you're talking a lot, but just that genuine connection or that love, love cup, I think is what you called it earlier is feel like really getting that feeling of connection is, uh, it's fair to say it's pretty tricky in this. Yeah. It's, it's not mature enough for us to feel like, oh yeah, that was, that was great that we've spoken online every Friday for, you know, for each month versus in, versus in person and, and that sort of more that, uh, that you incidental, you know, communication that you might have as well. But I think another, another really good opportunity here is what you said earlier around eliminating stuff. So as a, you know, people start their day and they're maybe got a big to-do list or they're feeling overwhelmed. A really good opportunity here for a leader is to clarify, let's not what to like, let's not do that. Let's just focus on this. So is that something that you see as well with, with your clients? Yeah, great, great point. Absolutely. And I mean, as a leader, you, you help, you, you want to help identify these things and then help make the path of the day for the individual to be present and what's important, what's not. And, and so absolutely the ability to go, okay, which process here, what's essential to help us meet our goals and how can I eliminate stress in this element? So absolutely. And that's, and that's where we can look at it all and go, are we applying these habits and processes and am I empowering each and every individual to actualize their purpose through doing this and giving enough space? Because naturally what is naturally happening in the environment. We've got leaner teams, capacity has gone back up operationally. A lot of businesses are now post pandemic, if you're like operating back to the level they want to, but of course, during the pandemic may have lost the resources that was once there. And so mm -hmm. people in the overworked, people now got more on their shoulders. There's a bit of a rare, interesting time with recruitment and getting quality people who once did exist tends to be a bit tougher now from what we're hearing. And so you've got this unique mix of variables that are creating more stress on the good people. And the risk there, of course, is you, you will lose good people. And how do we eliminate that? I think you hit, I love your suggestion there. Absolutely. How do we, how do we meet our people front on and go, Hey, I can see how today it looks like it's absolutely manic because the, the goal for each individual, and I want to take this back a bit, isn't to get through your to-do list. You want to be present in everything you do, present, fully there, fully absorbed. And the only way you can be present is if you're at ease about what's to come throughout the day. And I'm, I'll constantly catch myself there as well. I'll, I'll lean more, more towards doing more rather than trying to get more done rather than naturally eliminating the list. So how can I be present in everything and create boundaries? And I think a manager and a great manager is there to create the boundaries, what's important, what's not, and how do we set timely expectations? I think the biggest thing here is that what really causes stress when you have to do things is if the deadline feels like it's too soon, right? Mm. How do we set? And the only way to do that. Or, or, or if there isn't one and it's unclear. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, that's a, that's a great point. Clarity is number one. If you, if you're ambiguous about anything, you've got to have a relationship with, with your team where you can actually ask the question and, and set, set clear deadlines, understand what the individual has on their plate already. And that comes down to different roles as well. Role designs, job designs, top role that is a more creative. 
does this individual need to be more accountable and accessible or accountable to the result of their work? And that comes down to whether you're a marketing employee, maybe sales a bit different. And so that's where there are unique things in each element. There's no universal way, just like peak performance. It's about finding it for you and your role and where you're at as an individual. And that's why I kind of hesitate to, to say this is the framework. This is what you must do. Yeah. Each individual is unique in that way. Yeah. No, it's great to touch on the workplace because obviously this is, this is partly in helping individuals who happen to also be in workplaces as well. So really great today to talk about how to ritualize action. And as you say, there isn't one playbook, it's a framework. So thanks Hus again for explaining this in, in more detail and uh, looking forward to next episode where we'll dive into the next stage. Thanks Tom. Great to chat again, mate. Okay. Take care. Cheers, mate. Okay. Thanks for tuning in to another Well Workplaces podcast. If you've loved the show, it would be fantastic if you could leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Or feel free to follow us on LinkedIn or Instagram and search Well Workplaces or my profile, Tom Bosner. The show is produced by Alice Hoyle and is made in my backyard cubby. If you would like to hear more about our exclusive events and more about the Well Workplaces community, feel free to email me directly at tom at wellworkplaces.com.au where I'd love you to tell me who I should interview in the future podcasts and also tell me what you've loved most about the show. This podcast is really built on community input and built on the aspiration of inspiring healthy change in every workplace. Thanks for listening.